Hey everyone, welcome, welcome, welcome. And hello, my love. Hello and hello everyone. It's been a long time. I probably a year to the date. Probably. Have you done a potty? Yeah. When who did sporadically. you sporadically? I, the last one was Elena Brower. Oh, that's Just right. That was Hashida. That's right. I've, I've been doing them sporadically. Yeah. The intention when we shifted over to Yoga Heart Mind podcast was to do them regularly with Joe. Uh, but last year was all encompassing with our teacher training program. It was it was amazing and a lot. And that that was kind of our time on the mic together, wasn't it? Yeah, the time that we dedicated to get together to do our podcast, we put aside to do our teacher training. So many of you will know we did our first Yoga Heart Mind teacher training. It was a year-long journey. We had people from all walks of life sign up and it was beautiful. It was so beautiful. And it was such a learning curve for all of us. And we've come out the other end, um, yes, wiser, but more grateful and more in awe of the yogic path and um, just so grateful for our newfound connections and yoga family. Yeah, it's been beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I do want to just give a little disclaimer and apology right now because I am conscious of a little lisp of, um, I have a temporary tooth. I had some oral surgery. Yeah. Botched oral (laughs) surgery. I have a little temporary tooth, which is basically sort of a colored piece of plastic that I have to suck up into my gap. And, um, and I'm lisping, so... No, I can't hear it. I can I hear got, it. I, I can hear okay. it. Okay. I can hear it. Yeah. I'm very conscious of it. And um, so I do want to apologize. Well, welcome to my world of lisping, because uh, I I notice when I do as well, I, I've got a uh, half a fake front tooth that got kicked out when I was um, about 14 in a triathlon. It got cracked, so... Every couple years or every few years, it cracks again, and I need to get the, this front tooth replaced. And every time it gets replaced, it, it gets just feels bigger. different. Well, yeah, he made it bigger last time yeah. to try to make it not crack. Mm-hmm. So since he did the la- latest veneer <laughs> cap or whatever, um, I feel that lisp big time trying to adjust to this big front tooth. <laughs> <laughs> So I hear you. Welcome to my world. But yeah, it's been a trip for Mama Joe the last two weeks and such beautiful, good, healthy intentions to get an old root canal removed, which um, has sent me down a big rabbit hole of um, just appreciating good dental care like on a daily basis, looking after our teeth and our mouth, Um, but also good dentists because um, it's been gnarly for you, huh? Yeah, I mean, 
no disrespect to my dentist who did this job, and he is a holistic dentist. However, there is just so much more learning in the dental community as a whole, in the medical community as a whole, on how to do things holistically where you support the body's healing and you support um, all of the processes with um, with red light and with ozone and all of these um, wonderful things, um, platelet injections and things that you can do as opposed to a sort of a cotton swab and out you go. Which is what I had. So yes, I appreciate everyone who's gone on their own healing journey, and then in turn is offering that back out into the community. Right. Because who is going to sign on to a new model if they haven't gone through that healing journey themselves? Yeah, really, it's kind of a prerequisite, isn't it? Yes. To do it. Yes, you have well, to go down the rabbit hole. You have to go down the rabbit hole of your own healing to then see how important it is. And so we have these little, um, sp- we have these sprouts of people coming up in the medical world, you know, in the functional medical world, we, in dentistry as well, but in in everything really. And so... For those of us who are seeking those people, we just have to really discern and really do our homework. Because even if someone says they are a holistic dentist, they may not actually. It sounds pretty archaic. What the talk. you went through? Yeah, Oof. yeah, may not be walking the talk. So anyway. But yeah, enough Joe, about my no, mouth. No, it's been a big couple of weeks for you. You've gone deep. Yeah, it has been. Like, yeah. So it, t- it took about an hour to get the tooth out and Joe doesn't take painkillers for those of you that haven't picked up on that in our past conversation, <laughs> yes. which is just epic. I, I like to see Joe go through two births and just things that cause pain and including this whole tooth thing. Um it's quite remarkable, amazing how you, you navigate pain because you just can't take a painkiller. You'll be rushed to emergency um, with a, a, an allergy. So yeah, it's been uh, quite remarkable yet again watching you deal with the trauma and the pain from this shitty dentist job. <laughs> um, but, and in turn, no doubt you'll you can tell how much more you are learning through it all and just each day how you're tuning into the pain and where it's coming from. It's almost like you are psychically tracing the meridians and stuff like that or the nadis or just the connection from that part of your tooth to the back of your head down to your feet. Like Mm. um, You've been going deep, so it's a worthy share for people. Well, initially... I couldn't pinpoint where the pain was coming from. Just everything hurt. And that was so confusing because I would have assumed the place where the tooth was pulled would be the thing that was hurting. But I couldn't differentiate um, between that and my entire head, really, including um, my neck, my skull. So it has been interesting now. Some of that noise is dialing down just to think, oh, wow, I think. 
the pain's coming from here and it's wrapping around here and my nervous system is tight and I can feel tension in my feet. It's so even really, just that is very teachable just to feel it all because mm. it would have been more convenient just to be on strong painkillers, kill the pain. It is convenient. I take painkillers when I really need them. They're effective, but you've learned so much through it. And it's just quite interesting that that choice, which it's not even a choice for you. It's just the way you've got to do it. But it's got to be empowering to feel the pain, to listen to the pain, to just deal with it in whatever way you can. I mean, it sucks, but I see you grow each time you go through a painful thing and you just got to feel that pain. Well, what what I've realized is that it takes, it's tiring being in pain. It's all encompassing. All encompassing? Encompassing. Encompassing. <laughs> it. It takes everything out of you, just being in pain and you're not doing anything. But that that has become apparent of like, wow, I'm absolutely wiped out and I'm not doing anything, but just the pain takes it out of you. But for me, I, I would be worried about taking a painkiller, being out of pain, and then all of a sudden the pain comes back tenfold and then you need to grab another one. I've been there. Yeah. yeah. So sure. that that scenario to me is more frightening. Yeah, it sucks. Than just being with it and even though it's relentless, you you get to know it and and you can be with it and you can you can it, and it does ease and and come back so in the middle of the night which is not preferable but um it becomes a meditation and it's always there's always there's always ways that you can sit with pain. And that is a very yogic thing to do. It does remind me of Ramdas. He would talk about going to the dentist and he hated going to the dentist. At the same time, he would utilize it to be a meditation. Mm. And he would intentionally not take painkillers as well. And um, at the dentist. He would. Really? I'll try and track down the conversation. The, uh, that popped up in one of his lectures. He's talking about um, dreading the dentist, but going and not having Novocaine, not having painkillers and just, it's so vulnerable to be sitting there with your mm. mouth open and, and he would just be in pain, but he would utilize it to be a meditation of working with the pain. Yeah, that's hardcore. Yes. <laughs> I'll try and track it down. I mean, there's hundreds and hundreds of hours of content. I doubt I will. That was years ago. I recall listening to that, but um, yeah, I would love to try love to hear and track that. it down. So, our teacher training. Those of you who have been listening to our potty know that we were talking about that quite a bit last year, and we were talking about the fact that we didn't know if we were going to do another one, that it was a um, not an experiment, but sort of a prototype. And since we have gone through this year journey, 
We don't feel compelled to jump straight on another teacher training. We feel compelled to take our trainees deeper beyond the teacher um, guys into an advanced training. And this is where some of you all listening may be interested in joining us for another a year of learning. So our year last year was an elements training. We broke it down into earth, water, fire, air. And this year we are calling the ether training. So we are be going we are going beyond form into the nothingness. Yeah. So this is an invitation for our current Yoga Heart Mind teachers that just finished their training and that want to continue on. And we know a lot of you are keen for that. Beautiful. It's for people that are already teachers and in that role of being a teacher, maybe you've done a 200 hour, maybe a 500 hour, maybe many, many more hours, but you're feeling like you want to con- continue your studies. You can regard this as a, an, a, a, an opportunity for advanced studies and to deepen your practice and be supported as a student. Because we see that common trap as teachers, we get into the flow of teaching, 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 but often we don't nurture that inner student. And we see a lot of teachers burn out in that way or that fire of inspiration kind of fizzles out. So this is a way to keep stoking that fire, which we all feel when, we're, when we just shut our mouth for a bit and just listen and practice. It invigorates us. I mean, I had that last week, uh, a couple weekends ago, practicing with Tara Judell. It had been a while of me since me just being a student, um, and it does refresh me as a teacher. And I know it does us, us all. Had this conversation enough times to um, to see that as a fact. We all need mentors, teachers, support community. And it really does work in that way. I, I, part of the prototype of the teach training program last year was it was online and I wasn't sure how potent it would be, but it was really potent. I was actually surprised at how deep we all connected in. And I've heard that from, as, as you have from many of our crew of what a deep journey it actually was and how connected we all truly did feel. It does seem like being there for the live sessions does help that connection. Yeah, absolutely. From people's feedback, the, the difference between watching a class back later compared to being there live with the interaction, it seems pretty night and day, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Absolutely. And so we have, we have, um, sorry, just lost my train of thought. 
thought. Sorry, I was waving Joe to <laughs> sit closer to the mic. She was sitting back from the mic and voice fades away. Yeah, so again, I can't remember what I was going to say. I apologize. That's okay. I just killed that train of thought. It's all right. It'll come so, back. So yeah, it'll be, this one will be once a month, and that, which feels good because it's going to be a deep dive, three-hour deep dive each time. And that, 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 the teachings, the conversations, the practices will simmer away and feed us all for that month. And then we can come back to the table together, come back to the conversation and any questions that have come up, any inquiries, any intentions, um, can bring them in work on it again. And that feels really good to really fuel a deep, beautiful year. Yeah, that's right. It is important to do the work, to do your practice, to have the opportunity to go deep as a student without having to sort of psychoanalyze everything and work out how you're going to then bring this into your own class as a teacher. Right. It, it, yes. is, it is really good to, yes, again, just bask in that studentship and have that time for you to do your own exploration. In saying that, we also want this to be a time of mentorship. So whatever you are taking into your classroom, if you are a teacher or into your job or into your families, we we would like this group to also be a form of community and mentorship with whatever it is that you're doing. Yeah. So we definitely see a lot of people signing up for this being teachers, but you don't have to be a yoga teacher, right? No, but you do have to be an advanced practitioner. Yeah, so this is not for the um, weekend warrior. No, it's not. It's, it's not for yogis. Yeah. For yogis, for seekers that are feeling like they've they've taken their practice into a depth of embodied wisdom. Otherwise, a lot of these conversations is just going to fly over your head if you're new to the teachings, the practices, the contemplations. Um, but if you're feeling ripe, you've been practicing for just a while, I mean, reach out, reach out and you can inquire. If you're not sure if it's for you, yeah, connect on in, send us an email to info at yogaheartmind.com and we can, we can pick it apart. We can discuss it and see if it's appropriate. Because if it's not time, it just it won't feel right. It'll be a bit of a drag, to be honest, right? Potentially. Yeah, yeah it, will, <laughs> it, will, it, will, it will go over your head. Yeah. It will go over your head. And so you want to be, you want to be ready for it. You want to be um, in that place where it meets your needs. So definitely not targeted for people who are brand newbies. Um, there are so many trainings out there for people so many. who are beginning their journey. Oh, yeah. There's so many. And that, that's why we're offering this because there doesn't seem to be an abundance of offerings like this. 
Yeah. I remember when I did my teacher training, um, my first teacher training, it, it was a 200 hours. It was a wonderful training. But really after that, I felt like I was sort of on my own as I was. I mean, you know, you can't, what can you really expect from a 200 hour teacher training? Um, but I think had there have been, had there have been a, um, a structure or a community that you would just could naturally continue and grow with, I think that that would have just served me so much better as to just going out and being on my own. Yeah, what you touched upon earlier of teachers that are in the rhythm of teaching, um, the common situation of when teachers go to a class and practice being preoccupied about the next class they're going to teach. It's very, very common. We're kind of just stuck in that role of teacher because understandably, it's our job, it's our identity, it's our role. And especially as newer teachers, we were constantly collecting data, so to speak, to what's going to help me as a teacher, what's going to create a better class, what's going to bring in more students. Uh, What we're going to really invite for this is to let that part of our mind quieten, to really nurture the true yogi within, which the, 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 the true yoga within and the true yogi, which can't really be conceptually learnt. It's a deepening, it's a flowering, it's a blossoming of what's already inside. But again, if we're in that mode of teaching and then when we go to practice, we're scripting our next class, essentially, what typically happens is we never have an opportunity to actually go deeper and we're just collecting more data just and it's a valuable time doing that refining your craft as a teacher but most teachers hit the end of the road with that and burn out or lose inspiration so this is about going going deep into the core of your heart going deep into this nothingness, this everythingness, this enlightened awareness that we all have. But if we're just practicing and we're preoccupied with the script of our next class, it's very unlikely we're going to tap into that enlightened awareness. So um, each session, a lot, most of the dedication will be into nurturing that, embodying that. And now let's go out and practice integrating that and teaching that. So once a month we will meet and depending on who signs up, we will come up with the timetable of um, the of when that meeting session will be. Mm-hmm. What we did in our teacher training was we had a session for folks in um, North America time zone, another session for folks in European time zone. And that was effective. 
So one part will be practice and one part will be mentorship and community and integration, which I think is um, the two of those together are really powerful. Yeah. Like Joe said, um, the time allocation of it will be decided when we see where everyone is located. Um, Like I touched upon before, yeah, it might not be as potent watching the class later on, but it's still effective. Part of what is um, helpful and engaging is that we've got this online platform. It's kind of like kind of like a social media platform, but it's the course platform in which everyone that signs up for this course, this immersive year, <clears throat> can engage, and we highly encourage you to engage on this platform. And this is where the community can really connect on in. So Yes, being there live, asking questions, being a part of that interaction, awesome. That actually helps us tailor to you all. But especially if you can't uh, make it for the live sessions, the course platform is really helpful to just make yourself present in the community, to uh, post questions that will help fuel the next session. Um, so note that if um, if the time we allocate doesn't suit for you live, don't stress. Just watch it back and engage as much as you can on the course platform. Yeah, that was one big learning curve for us, wasn't it, in doing the year training was that those people that engaged ultimately got the most out of it. The people that engaged ultimately were motivated to go through the whole training. And the people that didn't tended to drop off quickly. Yes. Because it's so hard to um, to motivate yourself for such a deep training just on your own, right? It's the community that... Uh, that really pull you in and um, and you become accountable for each other, don't you? Yeah, yeah. So it, it, you, you do. There's a discipline involved, a accountability, and, and feed, feeding off the community is, is really powerful. And just to witness that within our group that just completed the training, yeah, there's a, a kind of current, uh, uh, a momentum of the community energy that you can either ride that wave, that current, or um, kind of swim against the current. Mm. So, um, and I know a lot of you listening are still playing catch up on the course. And um, I speak to you all lovingly and encouragingly to keep going. Because the teacher trainees from the course that just finished still have time to finish it. And I'll guess that some of you are listening to this and keep going. Keep going. We still got you back. Um, And it just takes discipline. You got to carve out that time. 
I'm doing a course right now um, for, uh, to complete my marriage celebrant uh, certification, which takes a long time. In Australia, it's t- it takes a lot longer than in the US, which you just sign up and just do it, don't you? <laughs> so it's a year course and um, there's like, there's no one reminding me to do it or telling me when to do it. I just, I got to do it. If I don't, it'll get to the end date and it's done. Uh, you know, I've paid for it, it's done. Like, um, so it's accountability, it's discipline. It's coming back to the original intention or maybe a refreshed intention of why am I doing this? And with that high intention of why am I doing this, that can, you can really anchor down with that and revisit that intention again and again. And um, that discipline, that devotion, it's an important one in our current times where there's endless distractions and we get it. It's one thing to log on and do a deep three-hour discussion practice that requires a lot of consciousness and focus versus just scrolling, scrolling. So one thing is like accumulating uh, prana and aliveness and wisdom and vitality and just all the good stuff helping us to wake up. And then the other is zapping our energy and just depleting. So it's like, it's a conscious choice of like, you deserve it. You deserve to feed your heart, your practice, your mind, um, which I think is helpful in our day of distraction because it's not the same as rocking up to a brick and mortar place where we're all in person and you just, you don't really, I mean, everyone has the choice to walk out and just leave. But when we're physically all together in the same studio, it's harder to leave. Um, (laughs) But when it's on the screen, you can, you can just log off your screen whenever you want. Um, Or you can just turn it off whenever you want which I've also got with my current course. Can just turn it off whenever I want? Um, so it does require this discipline, which we need. That's helpful stuff. We need that for everything, pretty much everything we do. You can make a shitty choice or a good choice. Yeah, what's coming to me from that beautiful share, babe, is offering something of substance, which is not a quick fix. Right. And in this realm, in this digital space where everything is a quick fix, I think it is such a antidote for that mm-hmm. is to really take our time and to dive in and to journey together, not only uh, in, in small moments, you know, but, um, but over seasons, over cycles. And when we do that, we can we can really root down into the fundamentals, and we can um, these teachings wake us up. They become alive. They we embody them rather than just so much of this intellectual. Um, satisfying for a moment but then goes the next minute yes 
fleeting so, yeah fleetingness yeah you 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 do get to that realization where it takes patience a lot of patience a lot of perseverance for these wisdoms and these teachings to really take root and to grow and to blossom and to actually be integrated and embodied we can easily forget that in this world of quick fixes and 12 week programs and they're all they can be good but so often it's very similar to what i saw back in the gym days of like new year's resolution 12 week program let's go for it and then um a few months later it's gone done very very similar with these teachings cuz in the in the in the process of transformation there are many moments of plateau many moments of regression many moments of growing pains and discomfort in and we get to do that together we get to do that together rather and than on your own yeah own. i love and that we can talk about it we can share of our challenges share of our insights and feel supported because when we're doing that alone we can really forget that that's part of the process and just be like god like when i first started yoga i felt way better it was all so exciting and so beautiful and um so that honeymoon period that we talked a lot about in the early days of our teacher training program it changes just like any relationship and you mature and you deepen and if we're wise to it and honest with it it gets better and better it changes just like any relationship but that initial high and excitement when we're newer to the practice it'll never be like that again it'll get better but it'll also inevitably go backwards it'll bottom out it'll regress and as yogis it seems if we're not honest about that or even um aware aware of that as soon as we get to that threshold or that plateau we're on to the next best thing and that's just the way it is uh this is no no longer fun it's no longer um exciting i'm no longer getting into whatever state i was getting into let's go um i don't know so many choices that's part of the the challenge in this day and age that there's so many choices and a lot of great choices and um i love the smorgasbord model i love doing a bunch of different things <laughs> and i do the ice baths and i do the this and i do the that and but i'm grateful for the main cornerstone the main foundation being yoga and then can bring in the zaochan then can bring in the biohacking then can bring in other things that help to optimize and refine but it's the deep, like digging deeper and deeper and deeper into the yoga is the core of our being this is the enlightenment that we're all looking for but 
if we just keep looking and as soon as it gets testing and then we look somewhere else, it's often equated. Buddhists talk a lot about the hungry ghost, which is, it's not directly correlated with this, but it's very similar. This hungry ghost that's insatiable. Like we're hungry, we get that dopamine hit, this sorts me out for a bit, but then dissatisfied onto the next thing, onto the next thing. Or like that analogy of looking for water that we often bring up, digging for water and um, just digging a little bit deep and then onto the next, digging a little bit deep. Whereas really, instead of digging a hundred tiny little holes, we just need to keep digging that one hole deeper and deeper and deeper to strike water. Um, so that, that'll that be a big focus of this ether element is just digging into what's already here. This awareness, this love, this enlightened state, it's already here. And this will give us a great opportunity to focus our attention into it, to lean on each other, to um, really support that evolution, that transformation. So if you are interested in this training, you can go to our Yoga Heart Mind website and you can check out the Ether training from there. And we are going to put links on our social, Insta and Facebook, I think. Yeah, it'll be everywhere. <laughs> I was thinking, do you, do you use X? X. Yeah. Oh, Twitter. Eh, no, no, rarely. I've got it there, but yeah. oh, I don't. No, it won't I, be there. No, I opened it up once last year, I think. So mm-hmm. anyway, and uh, you can also email at info at Yoga Heart Mind. Yeah, or I'll just, for those of you listening to the podcast on Spotify or Apple or Google or whatever, um, I'll put a link directly below. You can just click straight on the show notes and click that. And yeah, what else is happening? Um, Starting in March. March, yep. So we have um, really intentionally taken a good break from our uh, teacher training. I think it's necessary to just let that settle and percolate and and um, give a little bit of space and breathing room before we dive back in again. I know those who are going from the dra- training, teacher training into the training will appreciate that little bit of space just to really switch off and um, and allow those seeds that we have planted to um, take root. So starting in March and we will traverse around the sun for an entire cycle together. Yes. I'm excited. Me too. It's going to be good to teach along your side again. I do love those moments. Um, it's good for me. Like it, 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 it actually fuels my practice of being with you and teaching with you and um, yeah, we each have a different way of teaching and practicing and it's really nice doing that dance and um, 
bringing it together. So it's going to be good to do that again. Thanks, babe. Thank you. I've missed you on that level. Likewise. (laughs) Likewise. Yeah. What else? What else? Anything else? Well, uh, we're going to be heading back to Maui in um, a couple weeks. Maui crew, please, if you're listening, reach out. It's going to be great to connect back in with the Ramdas community over there and our beloved sister Pluma, who's made this happen really for us, which we're super grateful for. Joe was going to do a solo trip. Got invited to officiate a wedding with some dear friends in Arizona. But um, super grateful that me and the girls are going to meet you over in Hawaii. Yeah, that's going to be nice. That's going to be good. Um, So during January, we may not be as online as usual with travel and just adventure and um, stuff going on over there. But then come uh, come February, we'll be much more available online and we'll get things in motion to connect with you all in March. Yeah. Sounds good. Well, from we are in our um, closet. We're in our closet right now with the dog. It's better acoustics. We had a <laughs> truck out the front of our house. That now was... I can hear the kids next door. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's been a nice... Li- uh, this is where Magic, our dog, comes to. It's like his den. He comes in here to nap. So we got Magic in here snoring next to me, if you can hear that. And um, yeah, good to hop back on the potty. Very cozy in here. Very cozy. It's nice. Yes, it's lovely. So how how are you all going? It's nice to connect back in on this uh, wavelength and um, we as always extend our arms out for your contributions and um, your guidance as to what you like to hear about, to what you're into these days and um, that's how we can structure our way forward with the podcast and yes if you're interested in the ether training reach out as well yeah um yeah for those of you that got used to me doing a podcast every week some of you have been has the podcast gone (laughs) really enjoyed that um thank you thank you for your encouragement and inquiry yeah again it was just due to the training that took the the bandwidth of being on the mic. It um, took all of that. So we've got a bit more bandwidth back to get the podcast up and flowing again. A little bit. A little bit. But I, I we, but I definitely came to terms with, no, it doesn't have to be a weekly thing. It doesn't even have to be a monthly thing. <laughs> Just whenever it flows. So part of that flow... Yeah, you guys, like what what do you want us to talk about? Do you have any questions you want us to, just Joe and I to talk about? Any guests that you want to um, invite on the show? And we'll take it from there. See where it goes in 2024. What a trip. Oh my gosh. May the new year be a resounding year where we all 
drop into our common human hearts and realize that the love that we feel inside is the same love that people experience outside and that we all have the right to experience that love and to be safe. Yeah. Yes, feeling that deeply, um, which it would be good to direct a bit more attention to that before we wrap up. Just oh, that the, was a wrap up. That was my signing yeah, off. <laughs> but I do know, um, yeah, there's just so much confusion and um, that was a good wrap up, but I just want to direct it in a little bit more. And <laughs> <laughs> I pull it back in. <laughs> I do, because I'm sure some of your Joe super fans are like, "What have you got to What have you got to say about all this?" You know, um, which about what's going on in the world? You know, what the these wars and the uh, the this intense tribalism and I mean, you did just address it for sure, but. Um, it's it's hot out there, you know. It's terrifying out in the world, and um, it's confusing as well, you know. Um, and it's hard it's hard to say anything right to address what's going on in Gaza in particular right now. It seems if if we. Um, are on the side of uh, sticking up for what Israel is doing. Um, we get haters if we're speaking up and um, sticking up for Palestine. We get haters. So it's very um, challenging for people to feel supported in um, either speaking up or just feeling into it. Um, it's a tricky one to navigate, which uh, I think requires this, a similar discipline that we've been talking about of um, getting informed, tuning in with compassion and love and wisdom, um, maybe deepening our education on what's unfolded and has for a long time, not just this year. And then coming back to that compassion, you just beautifully brought us into. Um, yeah, it's 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 very fiery out there, and it's hard to say the right thing in that regard. Um, do you have any words that flow with it? With that in mind. Um. Well, I'm not a. Political commentator. No, neither. Um, but I do know right from wrong. Mm. And I believe that we all have the right to be safe. I believe that we all have the right to call somewhere home. believe that we are all 
connected really by our humanity, by our consciousness, by being of this earth. And so regardless of politically what is happening, I think we need to stay grounded in our humanity. Let us not excuse any atrocities from a political standpoint. They are not excusable. We need to continue to ground into our humanity, to ground into our love and the rights that we have ourselves that we enjoy if we are lucky enough to have those rights, um, we should demand them for all beings. And that's not an answer to any conflict. But again, it's an invitation not to um, to take the side of love, to support humanity, to support people waking up, to encourage people to see beyond their own biases. And that would that would be all that I could offer. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, it's a it's a lot. It's it's horrific what's going down, and it's new territory of just being all of us bombarded with what's going down um, through our phones and computers and. It just never, it's never been like this before. Uh, we would get a little sanitized um, snippet of it on the news, you know, and previous wars were going down. And it, it, um, it's just, it's a new, new time where uh, I know a lot of people listening would be um, inundated with just horrific imagery coming through via the phones, which I think can be done skillfully in that it allows our hearts to open and tune into the horror going on rather than just burying our head in the sand and ignoring it. Tuning in, letting our heart break open, get a bit more informed beyond just what's on the news or gossip um, and then put the phone down and like you were kind of uh, imply like be the change you want to see in the world you know um, be the love be the compassion because what is super common if we're just glued to the phone our nervous system gets messed up as if we are in the war, like our nervous system is registering that. Just so much hate, so much fear. So, and then, then what do we do with it? If it's unregulated, then we tend to do, have uh, that tribal-like behavior of othering the other. So that's what I'm witnessing quite a bit of. Yet again, this tendency to dehumanize the other and... Um, 
not be able to have a conversation. It's not going to get us anywhere. So what you were talking about is coming back to love and wisdom and being able to have a conversation. Because if all this shit's unregulated, we can't talk to the other. They're not even human. We dehumanize them and they're just wrong. We can't even hear their perspective. And it's very, very similar to how these people are able to um, cause these atrocities. They dehumanize, they other them, and then they're able to. They, they validate it as some, for many, even as a virtuous thing. Um, so we got to watch that. Uh, once again, it seems like the yoga of this current time of not ignoring it, that trance of ignorance, that blissful ignorance. Um, not super helpful, even though we can spiritually validate it. Like, um, but as Harshida has been talking a lot about, a big shout out to Harshida, he's been talking really beautifully about these current times, um, our tendency to spiritually bypass but then our tendency also on the flip side of that is to just be over inundated and um, unaddressed tension, unaddressed trauma. And um, that's not going to help anyone. It's not going to help those directly around us. If I'm glued on my phone, just I'm no good as a dad, as a husband, as I'm not going to get anything useful done. So it uh, just a practical word to steer that in of um, we got to take care of ourselves during these times as well to be of use, to have critical thinking and compassionate, wise conversation. Because if we're not, if we're just glued on our phone and we think that's a good thing because we're tuning in to the horrors going down, um, I don't think it's actually helping. That could be a bit bold to say for, for some, but I do say that with such care and compassion of like, take care of yourself, like put the phone down regularly, get your feet on the earth, get some sunlight, let yourself be rejuvenated to then potentially re-enter these conversations and contemplations and practices um, uh, with, with more life force, with more bandwidth but back to wrapping this up <laughs> we're gonna go get the kitties and um you're gonna go back to the dentist <laughs> continuing that journey mm. and uh, wishing you all lots of love whatever you're doing and um, we look forward to connecting with our ether crew really soon. Yes, everyone, safe and joyful holidays to you all. And we are sending you all of our love. Until the next time. Happy holidays. Love you all. Till next time. Love, love, love.